so we want to say welcome to church this morning. If you're listening or if you're watching the live stream, we say welcome. We're glad that you're part of One Heart Church this morning. Um, Pastor Rob isn't here this morning. He's actually away for the whole week. He left yesterday. He drove to Adelaide. This morning, he is at the opening of a new church called Connections Church, which is in the western suburbs of Adelaide. It was the Polish-speaking church, and now it is opening as an English-speaking church to reach more people with the message of Jesus in our western suburbs. Tonight, Pastor Rob is going to Life Point Church, and they are celebrating 100 years tonight. But after tonight, they are now going to be known as Revival City Church. So 100-year celebration, good time to change their name, Revival City. Um, As many of you would know, Pastor Rob is on the state executive. The title he holds on that is the vice president. And as a part of that, from time to time, he is called away to do jobs that require his expertise. How's that, Pastor Rob? Um, Tomorrow, he is going to be going to Bordertown for a funeral of Pastor Dean Childs. Some people might know who Pastor Dean was. He was a West Coast man when he, in his younger years. Um, he, Pastor Dean ran a Christian drug and alcohol rehabilitation centre in the southeast of the state, which was called Carabran. So they are honouring the life of Pastor Dean tomorrow in Bordertown. Um, on Tuesday, he's got meetings in Adelaide. He goes back to the southeast on Wednesday with more state executive work. On Friday, he finishes everything off with an ACCI dinner. ACCI stands for Australian Christian Churches International. So it's our mission arm of our church. And they are having a dinner for all returned missionaries on Friday night at Handorf. And then he's going to drive back on Saturday to be here next Sunday. Why don't we pray for Pastor Rob? Because... He's got a big week of travelling and I'm going, I'm glad it's him and not me. But he seems to enjoy it. So, loving Father, I just thank you right now that One Heart Church is a releasing church. We just thank you for the wisdom that you've given Pastor Rob. And we just pray for him this week during attending those meetings and doing all the jobs that he needs to do, Lord. We just thank you that he is led by you. He's led with peace. He um, goes with your wisdom to be able to do and say what needs to happen, Lord Jesus. And we just pray for your protection over him through all of his driving. In your precious name, amen. Good to know what's going on? Sometimes it's good. Okay, today's message is called Keep Going. Um, in this world that we live, we live in now, we, if you're not a Christian, you're often told that you're in control of your own destiny or the universe is in control. The universe made that happen. I need to tell you that that actually couldn't be further from the truth. We were never promised a pain-free life, a trouble-free life because the Bible never told us that. But people kind of want to say, well, if you did bad things, like karma comes on you. We, we don't believe in that because we believe that we serve a good God and he is in control of all things. So, but what happens? So when I'm saying to you to keep going, what happens when someone you care about makes a decision 
that you had nothing to do with but it, in, it impacts you adversely. Because um, I'm telling you in all things to keep going. So what happens? How do you respond when hard things happen, when unjust things happen, when sickness happens or when job loss happens? Today, I want to say right up front, I do not want to diminish, diminish anyone's pain. The only thing I can point you to is the word of God and with his help, he's going to help you keep going. So my question to you today is, how do we keep going? Have you ever heard the song? I wish someone else could sing it. My voice isn't that great today. I get knocked down, but I get up again. I'm never going to keep me down. I get knocked down, but I get up again. Ain't nothing going to keep me down. I get knocked down, but I get up again. Do you know, when you sing that song, that part of the song, you are singing pure scripture. Did you know that? It's the only part of the song that is. Only part. Because it actually says, oh no, someone said I should have a disclaimer in that part. That's a Pastor Rob disclaimer. It says to us in Proverbs 24, 16. Sorry about the midget writing. I didn't realise everyone would need magnifying glasses this morning. It says, for though the righteous fall seven times, they rise again. But the wicked stumble when calamity strikes. I like what the New Living Testament says. It says, the godly trip seven times, but they get up again. <coughs> See where the song comes from? But one disaster is enough to overthrow the wicked. Do you know what? I think that when people get saved, they think that they have a spiritual inoculation against hardship. But I want to tell you this morning that that's not true and it's actually not promised. So my question again is, how do we keep going? How do we keep going when we feel like we fall? I just want to tell you today, who's been in a class and the teacher said, there's going to be a test tomorrow. And it's on a subject that you don't feel particularly confident about. Then the teacher says in the next breath it's going to be an open book test ah danger averted today's message is an open book test do you like that all the answers to the questions that I'm going to ask you are found in this book so we're going to go straight on with what do we do how do we keep going when life is hard and the best book in the Bible that I can take you to for this one is James 1, 1 to 8. I did need that, that headset, um, Al, because I was told in the last service that I was just going in and out. People couldn't hear me. I'll try and hold it here. Um, so James, let me just tell you a little bit of uh, background about James. James was written by James. James was the half-brother of Jesus, same mum, different dads. He was also known as James the Just. He saw everything his brother went through. His half-brother Jesus, he saw everything he went through. Saw him be crucified, saw people ridicule him, saw him rise again, saw the miraculous things that followed when he spoke. James saw it all. So this is how James starts his letter. 
It says, this letter is from James, a slave of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, you know how I said it's an open book test? The answers are written in red today. And that's the little words that were above my Bible verse in this particular passage. And it says faith and endurance. So every answer to every question comes with those two things, faith and endurance. Dear brothers and sisters, that means all of us. When troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. If you need wisdom, ask our generous God and he will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. Do not waver. For a person with divided loyalties is as unsettled as the wave of a sea that is blown and tossed by the wind. Such people should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Their loyalty is divided between God and the world and they are unstable in everything we do. Now, there are so many gems that we're going to unpack in those couple of verses just to keep us going. Verse 1 tells us, James is saying, I'm a slave of God. Who knows what a slave is? A slave is someone who has to do something. They don't have any rights. They've got no privileges, nothing. They just have to do it. And James is saying, I'm a slave of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ. Can I tell you, as Christians, we should be inserting our name where James has got his name. Do you know what? We've died to ourselves. You know, we're a slave of the Lord Jesus Christ. So really, we've got to do what pleases him. And so that's what we're going to look at in these next few verses. It says, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. Did you notice that word says, I should have highlighted it, when troubles come. It didn't say if troubles come. It says when troubles come your way. It is an opportunity for great joy. I don't know about you, but when I think of it, that particular verse, I go, ooh. I don't always treat my troubles as joy. Wouldn't it be great if every time you went through a trial, your first response would be, joy's on the way, joy's on the way. But you know what? Our confession needs to line up that when troubles just seem to be following, guess what we need to say? Joy's on the way. Joy's coming, it's on the way. For we know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So we're back to the answers, faith and endurance. Faith is to believe and trust in the loyalty of God. In Hebrews 11.1, 1, it says, Faith shows the reality of what we hope for. It is the evidence of things we cannot see. That's why the world doesn't understand it. That's why they want to go, oh, the universe is in control or we're in control of our own destiny. No, we're not. <clears throat> endurance. The ability to endure an unpleasant or difficult process or situation without giving way. So that's why we need faith and endurance. Our faith is in the living God. He is bigger, stronger, 
and more powerful than anything else we face. And he is never going to abandon you or he's never going to leave you alone. So when you feel like you get knocked down and you've got to get up again, I don't know about you, but I just feel like life is one big test. And I just want to let you know that if you feel like you fall and you've got to get up again, it's like, um, and I'm saying to you, we've got to keep going because for me, I don't want to keep going around the same mountain over and over again and just keep going through the same stuff. I want to pass the test. I want to go up and over. But can I say, he never said there were going to be no obstacles in our way because there is going to be obstacles. But he says, stay the path because guess what? Your endurance is growing. And then it says in verse 4, so let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be complete and needing nothing. Remember what endurance is? Facing, enduring unpleasant and difficult circumstances and not giving way. And he's saying, let it grow. Let it grow. I've got to stop watching movies. Anyways. Um, boy, here it is. Faith. So. When we say we've got to let our endurance grow and our faith has got to grow, it says faith comes from hearing the message and the message is heard through the word of God. Faith is coming this morning because if we open our hearts and hear the message, we're getting faith. All we've got to do is apply it and let it grow. It says in verse 5, If you need wisdom, ask our generous God and he will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. Do you know what that verse is saying? Ask for help. If you're not in trouble for asking, if you need wisdom, ask for it. Good, I'm glad you asked me for wisdom today because you know what you need to do? Open the book of Proverbs. Today is the 23rd of October. I want you to go to October, I mean, I want you to go to Proverb 23 and read it. I want you to read a proverb every day. In Proverbs, there's enough for every single day of the month. And you know what? Next month, you go to November 1, you go to Proverbs 1, and you keep following it. Get that into you for a few years. I'm telling you, I've probably been doing it for 20 years, and I still read Proverbs every day, and I get something out of it, because that's the living word of God, or else I'm really leaky. Um, you know what? So the book of Proverbs is filled with all the wisdom you need. This is a little hot tip. I think some people get wisdom and stupidity messed up. You don't need to ask God for wisdom about buying a new car if your budget doesn't allow. That's not wisdom. If you are out every night of the week and you go, oh God, I need wisdom because I'm so tired. Well, maybe you might look at, need to look at rearranging your calendar. But that doesn't require wisdom. That requires some common sense. So just be sure we know the difference. Okay, that's just a little tip on the side. Verse 6 says, but when you ask him, be sure your faith is in God alone. Do not waver. For a person with divided loyalty is unsettled as a wave of the sea that is being tossed and blown by the wind. So, it says don't waver. You can't trust God one minute and then go and read your star sign the next. It doesn't work. It's divided. Loyalty. Do you know what? 
He's a jealous God and he wants all of you. He wants every little bit of you. He wants your broken mess because he wants to turn it into a message. He needs the whole lot. You can't be divided because he's saying our faith needs to grow. Our endurance needs to grow. So let it grow. That's what's happening when we're going through a hard time. Do you know what? These are my thoughts from that, just that one verse. Ask God. He's saying, you're not going to get in trouble for asking him. Commit everything to God in prayer. The word of God says we're to worry about nothing and pray about everything with thanksgiving in our heart. Whether you realize it or not, you've got something to be thankful for. You came to one heart this morning. I'd be thanking God for that. That was a pretty good place to come today. Like we have got so much. I've got food in my belly. And if I haven't, it's because I've chosen not to eat. Like, we've got so much to be thankful for. So much. Okay, we've got to trust him. That's called faith, trusting that he is the one God. And then don't just ask for wisdom, use it. Can I just say, if you're having marriage problems, get help. Talk to a professional marriage counsellor. Read some good books of a godly marriage. Talk to your pastors. Talk to a couple who's further down the road than you. You know, sometimes you just need to do one little shift and it can break something and change it. But just talk about it. Sometimes we let things fester when if you just brought it out into the light, maybe a little change and maybe you're not always right. I'm just speaking that to me. Maybe I'm not always right. I know, hopefully. Um, Don't make things more painful than they need to be. And that's what happens sometimes because our pride doesn't let us get help. My other thing with that that one verse was don't go out in bad weather. Look, I am by no means a boaty. But if I was to become a boaty, what do you call a boaty? Skipper. Skipper, that's what it's called. Um, if I was to become a boaty, I would not start my training in windy or rough conditions. I don't think they'd do it to me. I think they'd make sure it's calm because they'd want me to succeed. They don't want me to fail. And you know what? God doesn't want you to fail either. He wants you to succeed. So I'm saying to you, don't put yourself somewhere where it's rough and you can be beaten up. It's it's not wisdom. And the other thing is, don't be divided. You know what? I'm going to encourage you, a way to not be divided is to keep yourself in fellowship. The enemy doesn't want you here. I'm just letting you know, he, he's got no new tricks and if he can divide and conquer, he's won. He thinks he could do it in the church. We're going to go, no, not today. That's not happening today. It's so easy to get off course and put yourself in danger. You are safer when you're in a community. We all have blind spots we don't see and you don't want to be out on a rough sea on your own. Now, Josh, I have to apologise up front. He hates it when I use pixelated pictures, but I couldn't find anything clearer than this one. So if I'm a Christian but I don't need the church was a photo, that's what it would look like. Do you know what? You need to be in fellowship. I feel sorry for that little zebra on its own. And that lion is the devil. He just wants to have his dinner. But we're going, no, not today. Can you stay? Stay in fellowship. Stay with the community of believers. All right, I want to flick that one over. All right, oh, I needed to go back, actually. All right, we're just going to do verse 7. It says, such people should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Their loyalty is divided between God and the world, and they are unstable in everything they do. They're strong words, James. 
do you know what? It's really embarrassing to watch people be super passionate about something one week, like super passionate one week, and the next week they're just as passionate about something else. Have you ever met people like that? It's kind of gone this way and from one extreme to the next extreme, but God's just saying, just be loyal to me. Just put your trust in me. Just put your hope in me. And that way, when your faith is tested, our endurance has a chance to grow, so let it grow. So how do we keep going? How do we keep going? I've given you the answers through faith and endurance. That's the answers, through faith and endurance. Okay, that was my foundation. Lucky I'm building a tilt slab building, so the rest goes up really quickly. I just had to lay a good foundation. Okay, so... If we was to go to a story in the Bible of what it would look like when you face hardship and how we should respond, I want this to be my response. If, if, if I was this lady that we're going to read about, I want her response to be my response and we'll tell you why. Okay. I've got to go quick. This tilt slab's going up. Okay. One day, the widow, and I'm sorry about the midget riding, it's in, your, if it's, it's in the app too. If you click on 1 Kings, you can see it all there too. One day, the widow of a member of the group of prophets came to Elisha and cried out, My husband who served you is dead, and you know how he feared the Lord, but now a creditor has come, threatening to take my two sons as slaves. What can I do to help you, Elisha asked. Tell me, what do you have in the house? Nothing at all except a flask of olive oil, she replied. And Elijah said, Elisha said, borrow as many empty jars as you can from your friends and neighbours, then go into your house with your sons, shut the door behind you, pour olive oil from your flask into the jars, setting each one aside when it is filled. So she did as she was told. Her sons kept bringing jars to her and she filled one after another. Soon every container was full to the brim. Bring me another jar, she said to one of her sons. There aren't any more, he told her. And then the olive oil stopped flowing. When she told the man of God what had happened, he said to her, now sell the olive oil, pay your debts, and you and your sons can live on what is left over. Easy read, happy ending. But can I tell you something? This is a casserole passage. This is a passage where you just kind of need to linger in these verses for a little while. Our son, Josh, if he comes up to visit us on a Saturday and he sees Rob preparing his message and Pastor Rob's in his office preparing, he goes, what you got cooking in the kitchen there, Dad? Because he's meaning we're preparing a meal and it just takes time to go over things and prepare things. So can we just look at these few verses again through a slow cooker eyes, you know? takes a little bit longer for the meat to go soft we're not cooking a piece of rump steak we're doing a piece of casserole beef today okay verse one in our midget writing says this woman this is the story she's lost her husband so she's now a widow her husband was a prophet because it says he was from the group of prophets life has obviously become a struggle so she has come to Elisha for help. She is desperate. When, has anyone ever seen a desperate woman? 
I came close to being a desperate woman when I thought one of my kids had been kidnapped. That is another story for another day. She clearly wasn't kidnapped because I've got all four kids. But when I am calling out for my daughter because I can't find her and someone had been kidnapped down the road, you know, a couple of days before, your brain goes a bit weird. Do you know what I mean? Like, where is she? I'm crawling out like a crazy woman. You know, the police are going, what's wrong with this lady? Anyways, she was hiding, just so you know. It was Mariah, and she was hiding, and she wasn't kidnapped, just so you know. End of the story. But that's the only time I got being desperate, crazy woman, all right? So this woman is desperate. She's crying out. You've got to think of the picture. She's not quietly coming to Elisha saying, um, oh, Elisha, if it's not too much problem, um, could I just have a little word with you? Like, oh, look, look, when you're free, no problem. No, no, that's not what this is happening in this story. She is messy, messy crying, messy calling out. She is desperate. She's in grief. She's about to lose everything. Um, If something doesn't happen, her sons are taken. So our first key, even in that, is even in your desperation, go to the right place for help. She went to Elisha. She went to the man of God. Because basically, if God's not coming through here, she's in trouble. Elisha says to her, what can I do to help you? So Elisha's asking her the question. She's going, I'm coming to you. I don't know what I can do. And then he says, he knows that he can't stop the legal proceedings that are about to go on. He, he can't do that. Even though he's a man of God, when the, the creditors are come, But he does know that he serves a miracle working God. So he's saying, what have I got to use? What can I, what are you giving me to work with here? And he goes, what do you have in your hell? What do you have in your house? And she says, nothing at all except a flask of olive oil, she replied. Don't know about you. I love God's mass equations. Do you know nothing times a flask of olive oil equals a miracle that's God's mass equation you can have the biggest number one million that's not the biggest number but you can have one million times by zero equals zero that's the mass that we live in that's our worldly mass but that's not God's mass I hope you're getting the picture here Elisha knew firsthand that he served a miracle worker And Elisha said, borrow as many jars as you can from your friends and neighbours. We're going to have a song playing in the background. And I want you to think about what it would have looked like for this woman as she was going around to every house in her village, her neighbours and her friends. What would have it looked like when she was asking for jars? Just turn up a bit. Have you got anything that you don't need that you can just get rid of that I can have an empty jar? Her miracle was dependent on the amount of empty jars that she collected. That's what was happening. So I just heard that song. It was from War Room. Has anyone watched War Room and Crazy Faith? You know what? Sometimes we need crazy faith. 
we need to go, God, you're the only one that can actually step in here. Um, and it, it wasn't even her fault. It wasn't her fault that her husband died. It wasn't her fault that they were just left with debt from life and now they wanted to take her two boys. None of those she was in control over. But you know what? She went to the man of God, so she went where she could get her help from. So, and a miracle is going to take place, as we can see. The second key, so the first key was, even in desperation, go and get the help from the right person. The second key is be obedient. If she didn't listen to Elisha, which was collecting as many empty jars as she could, there would have been no miracle. Then it says, then he said, go into your house with your sons and shut the door behind you. Pour olive oil from your flask into the jars, setting each one aside when it is filled. Do you know what? The miracle isn't always on display, on display when it's happening. Because it said to go into a house and shut the door behind her. No one knew what was going on. She knew a miracle was taking place. So she did as she was told. Her sons kept bringing jars to her and she filled one after another. Soon every container was filled to the brim. I just want to say if you're struggling spiritually, let a, God, a godly person speak into your life. It might only require a small shift, like I said before, even with marriages, but it can bring amazing results. Don't let your pride get in the way because you're not designed to do life alone. That woman was desperate, but she still needed to go and talk to someone. It says, bring me another jar. She said to one of her sons, like she said, bring me another jar. There aren't any more, he told her. And then the olive oil stopped flowing. When she told the man of God what has happened, he said to her, now sell the olive oil and pay your debts and you and your sons can live on what is left over. Do you see why I want that story to be my life story? That if I'm in a desperate situation, the only place I can go to is God because I'm going to have my trust. That's what faith is. I have my trust, my loyalty, my dependence is only on Him. But you need endurance. You need endurance. There's a... Like, have you ever seen those swimmers? We're talking about endurance, those swimmers. They can be swimming from one channel island to the next. And usually there's a boat by them as they're swimming because sometimes they're in a bit of a cage thing as they're swimming and the boat's going along. Do you think the person in the boat is going, will you hurry up? We've still got another 10 kilometres to do. We don't want to be out here all night. I guarantee you that is not what they're saying. They're going, you're doing great. Actually, you've hit a PB at the moment. Um, keep going. You know, like we're not far. I can see the coastline. That is what you need your Christian family to be for you. They're the ones that are spurring you on. They're the ones who are encouraging you to keep going. So, to boil it all down, my PowerPoint's gone. You need to get help from the right source. You need to be obedient. You need to have crazy faith at times. So we need to have a faith that keeps growing. And we need to be developing our endurance. Do you know what? It would be amiss of me this morning if I didn't give an opportunity for people who need prayer. Do you know what? You can go 
I've been struggling long enough with this issue. I want someone to stand with me and pray. We're just going to pray for you. We're just going to pray that your faith is going to grow, that your endurance is going to grow. We're going to pray a way out of this situation. So we're going to pray for that. You might have another need this morning. You know what? We want to pray for that as well. So when the singers start singing, I'm going to encourage you. So why don't we all stand up now? Easy to come out the front when you're already standing and when you're sitting. So if we stand up now, if you need prayer, I'll invite you to come up the front. Our ministry team's going to pray with you and then we'll finish off the service today. Lord, we want to be open to what you want us to do, Lord Jesus. We want to be obedient to you. We want to use wisdom. We want our faith to keep growing. We want to develop endurance, Lord Jesus, that we are complete and lacking nothing. But I just pray for every person in the room now who's got a need. And I just thank you that you can come in and minister into that need right now, Lord Jesus. Lord, we are in your presence and you want to do us good. I thank you that you have given us the answers to every question that we are ever going to ask. We trust you, Lord. We put our confidence and our hope in you, the risen Saviour. We just want to say that we love you. You are a good God.